You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. Welcome to the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena here, along with Mike Florio. And Mike, Mike Florio, I mentioned him already. Frank, you're Frank, right? Frankie Salads? Frankie Salads. <laughs> Frankie Tossin Salads? Just, whoa. You can just call me the Fantasy Salad. I think the that's what we're going with right salad. now. Fantasy Salad. Unfortunately. And welcome to He's got the best nickname in, in the whole industry now. I mean, does, I don't know. The Fantasy Jesus is... That's a staple. That's yeah, a staple yeah, yeah. in the fantasy industry. Has it become a staple? Yeah, in the absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's good. So uh, <laughs> we're here. Uh, if you want to join in, uh, 844-843-6879. Tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. Week four, we're smack dab in the middle of it. We're going to get you through it. We're going to help you uh, set lineups. We'll do some game previews. We've got Falcons beat writer D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlantic. Journal Constitution. He's going to be joining us in the second hour. We'll be talking about Julio Jones. He's got a back issue. And you know what, guys? Next week, the buys are coming. Bye bye bye. You know how they do the whole winter is coming bit? Yeah. <laughs> this is like a bunch of people huddled outside, like the bye weeks are coming. Yeah. So, so, so many injuries already and yeah. people banged up. And now we're going to have to deal with bye weeks too. So great. Yeah. Fun time. So, so week five, you have the Falcons, Broncos, Saints, and the Redskins all on buys. And the bye week clown is lurking in the sewer, trying to sink your fancy team down the drain. A little it, uh, <laughs> right? But, uh, you know. So, uh, Thursday night's game, Aaron, Do- Aaron Jones. The Ooh. top waiver ad this week, if... If Ty Montgomery sits, which it's mm-hmm. looking like he might not. Yeah, all of a sudden he had crack ribs. Now he might actually play next week. But that, I think they have a Monday night game. So he did tweet he out like ten days to recuperate. That his that your fantasy team mm-hmm. is his least of his concerns. Yeah. A lot well, of guys did you see the people Remember? bashing him though? Yeah, I didn't. But whoever did, you should never do that. Right. He doesn't want to get hurt. He's not going out there hoping he gets hurt right. to burn you. Mm-hmm. There, there were there was like a daily fantasy. I don't know what it was. It was some kind of Twitter, and they tweeted out at him. And they were just like, you completely ruined my week already. What is wrong with you? It's like, this is why NFL players hate fantasy football. Right. It's like, it's the few that ruin it for the rest of us. Right. Because I don't, I don't think anyone at this table, I don't even think anyone on this station would ever even condone doing anything like that. But yet it still happens. Well, like, you saw the concern that everyone, fantasy people and, and just fans of the game had when Devontae Adams went down with that vicious hit, right? We weren't thinking about fantasy then. We were just thinking about, is this guy going to be okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, it was just, it was scary to watch, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the guy is not even moving on the field. So, right. yeah, definitely. All right. When we come back, we're going to get right into it. We're going to preview uh, some of the games for you. And remember, uh, in the second hour, we'll be talking Falcons football with Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Right? 
Thanks. I think someone has a crush on you. Okay, who? Let's make a game of it. One of these is a lie. He's six foot four. He collects stuffed exotic birds. He spends his free time trying to save lives. Are you talking about Kevin? Yeah. He's a registered bone marrow donor. Last week he got a call. He might be a match. He's so cute. Oh, yes. You could be a life-saving match for a patient with blood cancer. Learn more at DKMS.org. Hey, this is Greg Sussman from the Roto Experts in the Morning. And, and listen, we could all use a little help sometimes. That's why I talk to three guys every single day that help me with my fantasy teams. But if you need help with your fantasy teams, and you probably do, you should purchase the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football in-season package featuring weekly lineup ranks, chats with our experts every single day, and player cards for every player in the NFL, including reports from InsideInjuries.com. You cannot beat it. Don't set your lineups without checking the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season package. Back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. You're going to hear along with Frankie Salads. I used to call him Frankie Cheech. Do you like Cheech better or do you like better? Yeah, I would, I would much rather you call me Frankie Cheech. Okay. I know that no matter what I say to Greg <laughs> Sussman uh, and Michael Florio, they're going to call me the Fantasy Salad. Oh, the Fantasy <laughs> Salad is his nickname. But I enjoy Frankie Cheech. It's All a good right. change of pace. Right. Frankie Cheech Stample. You could follow him. What's <laughs> That's right. We didn't do that uh, to open the show. At Roto underscore Frank. Uh, on Twitter, and we got Michael Florio here at Michael F. Florio. The F, of course, stands for Frank. Yes. Right? And you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Galena. So, uh, week four uh, underway. We had the Thursday night game. The Packers just uh, pummeled the Bears. And I was a little surprised that we didn't see a little uh, Trubisky in at quarterback uh, at all. But uh, it's, I think it's coming, no? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> next, It has to be the next game, I think. I th- I believe I may be wrong. I'm I'm gonna look into this. Uh, I think they play next Monday, so they have they had the Thursday night game. They would have had a lot of time anyway, mm-hmm. and then going into next week, yeah. So they play they host the Vikings. So right. it's a home game. It, it it is a tough defense going up against the Vikings, but the fact that you have this much time from it, it's gonna end up being like what ten eleven days. Yeah. You could get Trubisky up to speed mm-hmm. in that time, and I and think he showed some flashes in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, and, no, you know, he, the Bears aren't going anywhere anyway, so yeah, might as well see unless what they, they have. purposely want to tank, then right. you continue to play Mike Lennon. Right. All right. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say Mike Lennon looks. He doesn't have any idea what's going on. He has no pocket presence. Yeah, they need to make the switch. Pete, uh, Pete Consadori, our producer, would you like to play Croupier again this weekend? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it for okay, you. Okay, thanks. Why not? Give me All a few, though. I just need to get myself set up here. Oh, okay. All right. Get me a drink while you're uh, while you're getting set up. Ooh. No. <laughs> Look at Joey Galena. <laughs> so we have another early... He told him to go get his shine box. <laughs> so we got another early game this weekend. Uh, we do. Dolphins uh, against the Saints in London. Why don't we just recap that? We'll preview that game while our croupier is getting ready. While he's getting his shine box? Yeah. <laughs> and my drink. <laughs> Uh, so the Saints are getting back Marshawn Lattimore. We know how terrible their defense has been. Um, so any hope for them? I mean, uh, it looks like the Dolphins' best receiving matchup on paper looks like it's going to be Jarvis Landry versus uh, P.J. Williams. Uh, and Landry, uh, 15 and 11 targets so far. He has a knee issue, but he's going to play. Willie Sneed is eligible to come back from his suspension, but now he's dealing with a hamstring issue. So 
Uh, I think the Saints have a, a bye next week, so if he doesn't play, you know, just be totally healthy for uh, week six. Uh, Jay Ajayi, always a concern, but he's going to play. Any thoughts on the game? Any, uh, any Anybody that you're specific, specifically playing or fading? I think you got to play Landry. you got to play Parker. I think you have to play Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Saints side, you're playing, obviously, Drew Brees, Michael mm-hmm. Thomas. Uh, I, I don't think you necessarily need to play Willie Sneed this week, even if he suits up. They're right. saying he's going to be on a snap count. Kobe Fleener, he's really just a touchdown-reliant tight end. The, tar- mm-hmm. the targets haven't been there. The playing time has been decreasing. Mm-hmm. Ted Ginn hasn't really done much this year to, to prove to me that you, you need to start him. So I do think, though... The Dolphins' weapons need to be fired up. Mm-hmm. The Saints' main guys need to be started. But I am expecting a lot of points in this. And I did put in my article this week that this is if Ajayi can't catch the ball in the backfield like some people think he can, mm-hmm. this is the week to do it. The Saints right. have allowed the most receptions to running backs. Right. If he is not utilized in that role this year, I think it is something that we have to stop expecting him to do mm-hmm. going forward. I wanted to bring up Mark Ingram for you guys. Like, is, Does he absolutely have to be in your lineup? I'm looking at what the Dolphins have done against running backs so far this season. It is a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had the week one bye, but uh, in week two, they allowed a touchdown to Melvin Gordon. Last week, uh, they allowed a touchdown to Bilal Powell. But with that being said, they are allowing the fourth fewest yards per carry in the NFL at 3.1. So is this the game that Mark Ingram can get in the end zone to i think he has a chance to me mark ingram every week is just a low-end rb2 yeah like that's where i rank him out of every week if i owned him that we own him uh no i own him in the flex league mm-hmm. I, I also kinda, own him in the other flex league. i use him as my flex every week just yeah. because i think that's where he is you know he's he's reliable but he's never gonna you're never gonna feel great about it. you're not right. gonna be like oh mark ingram i have him this week i'm so excited he's just a reliable, steady. He's going to get his work. He's going to do what he's going to do. And you do. know now that Kamara, Alvin Kamara, is going to get his, his yeah. touches as well. So, I mean, I, I own him uh, in one of my teams. I have uh, uh, Jai and Kareem Hunt. So he's on my bench every week. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you would get him in your lineup this week. I mean, it might be uh, – I mean, it depends on your team, right? I mean, but uh, do you think that this is the week that he could finally score a touchdown? Uh, I'm looking at their carries inside the five so far for the New Orleans Saints, and there hasn't been much opportunity, to be honest here. Um, There's only been four carries inside the five-yard line, and Mark Ingram has received two of those. Mm -hmm. And for a combined negative six yards, and obviously he doesn't have that touchdown yet, um, but I I think eventually they're going to start to ream out Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to start to... uh, to, to fall out of favor here because look what what does Adrian Peterson bring to this offense? They like Alvin Kamara a lot there mm-hmm. uh, for for whatever reason. It seems like they hate Mark Ingram even though he's been productive the past right. couple of years for uh, for Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. So that being said, I think he can get in the end zone. The Dolphins have allowed a touchdown each game so far, uh, but they have been good in terms of yards per carry. So I agree with Mike. He's probably nothing more than RB two, which is sad because I mean. The running back in a potent offense like the Saints should be better, but for whatever reason, they just but the thing is, you continue know that to jack around. Pass first team anyway, so I mean, you know. Uh, all right, so uh, Krupi, are you there? Yep. All right, you ready? Yeah, I had to lug the thing out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who we're going to be talking about now. The ball is spinning. It looks like it is stopping, and it lands on. Uh, uh, 49ers Cardinals. 
Ooh, what a that's, game! That's basically you know when roulette. There's the two. There's a I think it's zero and double zero. The two mm-hmm. greens. That that's basically what we just landed on. Everyone yeah. threw their money on red and black and on the numbers, and we got zero. All right. So what do we what do we <laughs> say? That's right. All right. So we'll do a quick uh, uh, preview of this game. So Carson Palmer, three hundred forty-one yards average in his last four games versus the 49ers. I mean, I know he's been a little disappointed, but the last couple of weeks he's he's thrown for at least three hundred yards. Uh, hasn't gotten you a ton of fantasy points, but Larry Fitzgerald put on a show last <laughs> last week, right? Uh, and he's uh, averaging, of course, if Palmer's doing well, Fitzgerald's going to do well. So nine plus catches and 103 plus uh, receiving yards last four games versus the 49ers. So John Brown, we talked uh, down in the control room, he is active, which uh, could hurt Jerron Brown's targets uh, for the Cardinals. Um Pierre Garçon, uh, I think you need to fade him this week if you can, right? Uh, you might have I, Patrick Peterson on him. What do you think? On the BFF Redux yesterday, Redux, I said that I have him outside of my top 50 wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason is because, like you just said, Patrick right? Peterson. He's Patrick Peterson has been targeted three times mm-hmm. all year. Right. The Cowboys did not throw to Des Bryant once when Patrick Peterson was on him last week. Mm-hmm. I just... And this... You know, he shut down receivers like Des Bryant. He shut mm-hmm. down receivers like Ty uh, T. Y. Hilton. He is Pierre Garçon isn't of the talent of those guys. Right. I just think that Pierre Garçon is going to be taken out of this game. Yep. And I said it yesterday. I don't want a lot of exposure to him. But if you're playing DFS or if you're in a real deep league or whatever, and you're looking just for a pure upside guy going real late, I think Marquise Goodwin has some sneaky value this week because if. Pierre Garcon is shadowed by Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. The way that teams have been attacking the Cardinals in the passing game is to hit their other options, and right. so maybe Marquise Goodwin sees you know a little bit more, more targets this week. Okay, uh, what do you think about Carlos Hyde? He's now dealing with a hip issue. He he left Thursday's game uh, last Thursday's game, um, and then came back in. Uh, I guess you got to watch him uh, as game time approaches. I mean, uh, hopefully you have uh, Matt Breida. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we've we've been talking about that for a while now. I mean, Carlos Hyde, we all know his injury history over the past few seasons. Uh, seems like he's always kind of dinged up throughout the week. He's going to miss maybe, you know, three, four games every single season. Uh, but we, when he's on the field, we saw what he can do. And, you know, he did just that last Thursday. Uh, had, had a big, nice bounce-back game, two yeah. touchdowns against the, the Rams there. Uh, but it is troublesome that he is, you know, still questionable and dealing with this hip injury, and that's a West Coast game. So, I mean, we're not going to know early on, but you have to own Matt Breida mm-hmm. if you if you are a Carlos Hyde owner. If Hyde plays, I think, you know, not, not a great matchup by any means against the Cardinals, but just based on volume, he's still, you know, a solid RB2, I would say a top 15 running back this week. On the other side of the ball, the Cardinals... I was expecting, and I spoke about this earlier on in the week on BFS, is I was expecting Mike Upati because he said earlier in the week, I am 100% going to play. And then, boom, out of nowhere, lands on the injury, uh, the injured reserve, mm-hmm. uh, and DJ Humphreys is still questionable as well. So this we is saw, on their offensive line? Th- this yeah. is for the Cardinals' offensive line. Yeah. So I, I know we were kind of talking up Chris Johnson is, as like a sneaky flex. Yeah. Like you don't want him as your RB2, but maybe like a low-end flex option if you're in a pinch. Now I'm kind of devaluing that even more. I know it's the 49ers, but that Cardinals offensive line has not been good. So really, if you can avoid Chris Johnson, Andre Ellington, I just don't want any part of it. And Palmer has been sacked four and six times the past two weeks, so that just goes to show you how their offensive line has been playing. We'll be right back with more game previews for Week 4 on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update.
What's going on, Maria? Let me tell you something. You look excited. I'm so excited. What are you excited for? Uh, Lineup Lock Live, which is our show every Sunday on Fantasy Sports Network, Dish, Television, YouTube Live, and on the Fantasy Radio app. I'm excited to wake up early with you on Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, all the way to kickoff. Four hours. Absolutely. It's going to be the two of us, Emery Hunt, and a cast of experts. Experts that win fantasy football championships, and they want to help you win, too. So we'll talk sit starts. We'll talk injuries. We'll talk weather. And we will take your calls and questions and help you win your leagues and win that cash. So good. So fun. So excited. What can I say? I cannot think of doing anything. (laughs) else on a Sunday morning. I don't need eggs. I don't need prayer. I just need lineup lock live 9 a.m. to kick off Eastern. Be there. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're all all stars on the weekend fantasy update. Joe Galina. Frankie Cheat Stample, Mike Florio, Pete Considori, producing our show. We, we have a, a caller, uh, Jake from Mississippi, dialed 844-843-6879, and he's here. Or he has a question for us. Jake, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing, Jake? What's going on with you, fellas? I'm pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh-huh. Trying to get through, man. I got, um, I got two questions for you. My first question is a flex question here. I have um, James White, J.J. Nelson, Ted Ginn, Garcon, Blunt, and Marquise Lee. Who do you think the best to go there? Is this a standard or a PPR? Uh, 10 teams, standard, two flex. So you need two of these guys or just one? I need – I played Cohen. So I can only I got I can only put one in my flex. I'm trying to figure out who it, who the best guy would be. You know, in a standard guys, I'm actually leaning Legarrette Blunt just based on how he played last week. Um, I know the San Diego Chargers have given up uh, a ton of rushing yards so far this season. Not necessarily the touchdowns, but if there is one guy out of that group that I think will score a touchdown, I think it's Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, I was for me the two names that jumped out were Blunt and Marquise Lee. Yeah. I do like Lee against the Jets, but mm-hmm. only thing is, I, the Jets use uh, Claiborne to shadow the opposing team's number one wide receivers. So I think if Claiborne is shadowing Marquise Lee, which is what I expect, I know some people have made the case. Do the Jaguars have a number one wide receiver? I think though people are going to recognize it to be Marquise Lee at least mm-hmm. on the Jets. Claiborne shadows him, so I think I agree with Frank in the standard. I go look at Blunt. Yeah, the first. What about that, Smallwood? I forgot to say. I forgot to say Smallwood. I have them ranked almost like like two people apart in standard. I have Smallwood higher in PPR, but in standard, I actually have Legarrette Blunt a spot or two higher, just because I think if they get near the goal line, he gets the touchdown. Yeah, in the standard, you're looking for right. the, the the player most likely to score a touchdown, and out of this group, I think it's Legarrette Blunt. What's your second question, Jake? Okay. Oh, okay. My, I, I just dropped Jameis Winston. Okay, I have I have Derek Carr, Jameis. Well, I don't have I have Derek Carr and Carson Wentz, and 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 I know they have the matchups not that good. I'm thinking about picking up maybe a Dalton or a Watson off the bench, you know, for the rest of the season. Do you think this is a good move? So you said you own Carson. Or maybe uh, you said you own Carson Wentz, right? Yes, I. 
Yeah, I just picked him up thinking, yeah, he look okay. You know, I don't know. I, I just picked him up because I wasn't liking how Winston was looking. You know, maybe I pushed the painting button too early. I don't know. Yeah, ideally. And, you know, they say cars match up. Ideally, I would want to hold on to Jameis Winston, but I understand. I mean, you only have limited amount of roster spots, and I don't really like him this week against the New York Giants. I uh, don't like Derek Carr either. I mean, I would honestly rank him the lowest out of all the quarterbacks you mentioned so far. I'm okay with Carson Wentz. I, I you know, we were just talking about the Eagles. They ran the ball well last week, uh, but in weeks in the weeks before that, they were still throwing the ball a lot. Plus, Carson Wentz has some uh, he has athleticism that allows him to get outside the pocket and make plays with his, with his legs. We've seen some rushing yards out of him, so I think that kind of helps provide a safe floor. Uh, with the Chargers missing Verrett for the rest of the season, their top cornerback, I think that kind of helps out Carson Wentz here. I have him as a top 12 quarterback this week. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm not crazy over dropping Jameis Winston, though. I mean, I mean, he already did. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, then there's that. I was going to say, because even though the matchup on paper doesn't look great, the Giants' defense hasn't been what we expected it to be coming into the season. So I don't know about where you guys have him ranked this week. I actually have him, I think, as my number 12 quarterback. So I probably would have just held on to him. But the Giants' defense, I mean, against the run hasn't been that great, but against the pass, it's, I think it's been pretty good, no? I mean, they've they've had their issues against tight ends, for sure. Yeah, tight ends. <laughs> and I, I really, we were talking about it earlier this week. I think that uh, Deshaun Jackson is going to have a good day this week. I just... Because I think the Jackrabbit, coolest nickname in football, mm. I think he's going to shadow Mike Evans, and that's just going to lead to Sean Jackson on Eli Apple. And mm-hmm. I mean, Eli Apple has not looked good so far this season. Right. But uh, kind of go with Frank on this. Of the choices, I would take Wentz. I mean, Chargers have given up five passing touchdowns so far this and season. And Wentz is sneaky with his legs. Yeah. That's something that he doesn't get enough credit for. And, you know, he might not have put up the great greatest statistics last week against the Giants, but really grew up in my eyes last week the way he led uh, uh, the late uh, run uh, getting that ball to Alshon Jeffrey at, at the sideline allowing them to kick that field goal uh, another thing with Wentz too that I don't know if it's gotten the attention it deserves we, we've been saying a lot this week that Eli Manning is going to have to throw probably 40 plus times because they don't have really a run game mm-hmm. if Garrett Blunt and Smallwood continue to run like they have before last week mm-hmm. I mean you could be looking at Carson Wentz really just throwing the ball a ton because they don't trust either one of their running backs. Yeah. That's something I'm, I'm curious to, to watch. That's what and, he did last year. He threw a lot of passes, and then the first couple of weeks he threw a ton of passes as well. So, so yeah, that, I guess Wentz would probably be your best option, Jake. Uh, good luck to you, and I appreciate you calling in. All right, thank you, Dan. All right. Yeah, that is one of the higher over-under totals this week, too. According to my bookie, it's at 47.5. That's the Chargers and Eagles. So, you know, Vegas is expecting a lot of uh, a lot of points in that game, and I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. The Chargers are going to find a heartbreaking way to lose that game again. I mean, that's yeah. just what the Chargers do. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get that's another like, uh, hey, Jake hey, Elliott. We could do like a Geico commercial, you know. That, that's just what the Chargers do. Isn't that how they end <laughs> all the commercials, you know? The but Chargers I, for... You know, three quarters and 13 minutes of every game look like they could be like a legit playoff team. And then yeah. the final two minutes happen, and they just they blow it all. All right. Petey, you there? Yeah. Why don't you spin Petey, let's spin get that ball rolling. So you mentioned Wendell Smallwood. He was a, a big uh, waiver wire ad. I mean, what do you guys think of him uh, going forward? I'd rank him as a flex right now because Darren Sproles was heavily involved in that offense. I mean, you might argue before last week he was their best running back, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just a huge part of their game is 
having a running back who can get out of the backfield and catch passes, it's just, it's just a lot of what they do. Uh, that's just not LeGarrette Blount's game. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a chance Corey Clement can step up. He's this, this season. Come on. Oh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, that was like his second of his career, so not expecting a lot of those moving forward. But, um, you know, just based on volume and opportunity, I think uh, Smallwood is going to be in that flex discussion. And if anything happens where LeGarrette Blunt falters, maybe Smallwood gets even more of an opportunity and then kind of moves into like that RB2 range. I think Wendell Smallwood, especially if he has a good game this week, could be a great sell-high candidate because... He's already, this week, has been the talk of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I run out and grab him. And I, I own him in a league. And I, I've been looking at other owners that, that are in need of running backs. I want to try and flip him now. Because let's say he comes out and he, and he falters. And, and it's him that struggles, not LeGarrette Blunt. let's say, these next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. His value is going to take a big hit. So while I do think, I agree with Frank, I think he's going to be in the flex. Maybe he could even work his way into the low-end RB2 discussion. Mm-hmm. But I, I think if he has a big game and you're not trying to sell him high, you're doing it wrong. Gotcha. Okay, so who did the ball uh, landed? Yeah. We're just getting the ugly ones. We got another green one here. We got Jags at Jets. Oh no, Jags at Jets. <laughs> yeah, th- this is going to be an ugly game. This, uh, I think this might be the lowest over under total of the week at thirty eight and a half. I can honestly see this game like sixteen ten twenty to ten kind of game where Jacksonville wins. Their defense big games has just for Fournette, been... no? I mean, every week is going to be a big game for Leonard Fournette running back for the Jaguars. Tied for the lead with 12 red zone rushes. Uh, you know, pedestrian yards per carry, 3.5, but touchdowns in each game. So, look, Jags are going to be looking, continuing to get the ball out of uh, Bortles. We hands. all expected Jai to have a huge game last week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he didn't, but hopefully Fournette you know, gets that game that we thought Jai was going to mm-hmm. have. Yeah, just watching that game back from last week, the the Jets and the Dolphins, it just looked like the Dolphins were not ready to play. Their offensive line got dominated by the Jets' defensive line. Plus, Jay Ajayi was a little bit banged up coming into that game. Uh, so I think that lent itself. But, you know, I don't want to reg- I don't want to forget what happened to the Jets' run defense the two weeks prior to that, yeah. where, you know, Marshawn Lynch and Jalen Richard combined for 123 rushing yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then the week before that, as you know, Mike... Uh, Mike Tolbert and LaShawn McCoy combined yep. for 150 rushing yards themselves. Uh, LaShawn McCoy had a ton of catches out of the backfield as well, and Mike Tolbert had a rushing touchdown in that game. So while the Jets looked very good last week, they got torched the two weeks before. Mm-hmm. So just based on volume, I think every single week, Leonard Fournette is going to be in that RB1 discussion. Yep. I, I think he's just... I think he's a slam dunk mm-hmm. this week in a low-scoring game where maybe the Jaguars have the lead in the what second half. Jaken from Mississippi, was, uh, he just called. Uh, he mentioned Marquise Lee, and uh, you're right, Mike. He has a little bit of a tough matchup uh, with uh, Mo Claiborne. Uh, but Alan Hearns, maybe? Is he I a think Alan Hearns play? is I a mean, sneaky uh, play here. Solid yeah. wide receiver. He touchdown in the last two games. I mean, he's kind of you know come back from the dead when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, I uh, think Hearns is the sneaky play here. Bucks more than Lee on FanDuel this week, which I was a little surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is not a game that has a lot of appealing fantasy options. Right. Jaguars defense, right. Leonard Fournette, Allen Hearns. If you're diving deeper for a little bit of a pinch, you could get Marquise Lee in there. Mercedes Lewis is not going to catch yeah, three touchdowns no, again, no, right? He but is it will be interesting that. to see uh, if they do utilize him in the red zone going forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something to keep an eye last on. Last week, so maybe it might be something to keep an eye out, especially with you know so much volatility in the tight end position this year. On the Jets, the only player I would even want to consider starting, and I wouldn't feel great about it, would be Bilal Powell. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
and Elijah McGuire, keep an eye on him too because Forte is out. Matt Forte is out. Blau Powell is going to get a, a lot of attention, a lot of work. Uh, but McGuire, little by little, has been been carrying the ball more every week. Yeah, and I, I wanted to mention that uh, Blau Powell, 2.6 yards per carry on 28 attempts so far this season. Elijah McGuire, 4.8 yards per carry on just 13 attempts. It's a very small sample size. I did want to bring up Austin Safarian Jenkins, though, Mike. I think that he is a sneaky low-end tight end one where the cornerbacks of Jacksonville have, have played so well. Mm-hmm. If McCown can't get the ball to Robbie Anderson or Jermaine Curse, I think we're going to see you know, like seven, eight targets here for Austin Safarian Jenkins, making him a sneaky tight end one. All right, we'll be back with more Week 4 preview on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I'd still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina along with uh, Frankie Cheech Stample, Mike Florio, Pete Contadori producing our show, pushing the buttons, keep us flying right. And just want to remind you that if you are new to daily fantasy sports, Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor is running a $50 weekly NFL contest that is free entry. Simply sign up and enter. Go to www.fantasyfactor.com and sign up now. And uh, guys, we have another call on the line. Uh, This time, Mario from California is joining us. Mario, are you there? Yeah, hey guys, how are you guys doing? Doing great, how are you? Doing really good, doing really good. Just can't wait for football. <laughs> so how can we help you? Yeah, um, I have a question, a lineup question, and just more of a player I feel like is being uh, undervalued in the uh, standard. Um, I, my first question is, is um, who should I put in as uh, my quarterback uh, between Simeon and Cousins? Uh, and my second question is, um, should I be happy with Thompson for this week? Um, I know a lot of people are saying he only gets this many touches, this many touches, but I feel like the end result is like points is the most important and not necessarily touches because touches is the possibility of doing something great versus already being efficient. What uh, type of league do you uh, own Chris Thompson in, PPR or standard? Uh, standard 10-man league. Mm-hmm. Who, who are your other options if you're not going to use Chris Thompson? Yes. Uh, we got, uh, okay, right here. Uh, we got Allen, uh, Coleman, Henry, Miller, or uh, Terrence Welch in Baltimore. 
So to me, it comes down between Thompson and Buck Allen. I, I've been saying all week. I, I expect like Buck Allen I like Buck Allen a lot. This, the one weakness the Steelers have, you know, you could run all over them. You could throw to running backs. Mm-hmm. I expect Buck Allen to be heavily involved there. With that being said, though, I have uh, Chris Thompson and him ranked extremely close. So Chris, the way Chris Thompson's been playing so far, I think that it's hard to go away from him right now, mm-hmm. especially since I, I know the matchup isn't great going to Kansas City. It's a tough place to play, tough defense. But if they do start trailing, that only bodes well for Chris Thompson. Mm-hmm. So you would start him over Buck Allen? Let me pull up the rankings. Yeah. Because Steelers, third most receptions to running backs, but he's playing in the standard league. But also on the ground. I have them 21 and 22. Yeah. Mario, did you, did you mention Miller? Is that, is that Lamar Miller? Yes. So Lamar Miller is yes, in that discussion as well. I oh, think he would be a low-end RB2 as that's well. That's who I'm playing. I'm playing Lamar Miller. Yeah, I know. He hasn't scored touchdowns yet, but I just I know you were t- you brought up the, t- the, the, the touches uh, and then the fact that Chris Thompson has been so efficient, and I, I can't deny that. The fact is he's done this for three straight games now, uh, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come in to that game, and they're, they're going to game plan. They're going to try and stop Chris Thompson. Uh, and I just think that Lamar Miller it ha- provides a safer floor. So uh, I'm going to go with him. It's not a great, uh, it's not a daunting matchup against the Tennessee Titans by any means either. Uh, I'm not too worried about that defense. Uh, and then his quarterback question was Trevor Simeon or, or Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm going Simeon. <laughs> I know. Call me crazy. I think you're in the majority on this one. <laughs> I mean, uh, Raiders giving up fourth most uh, fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. I mean, we saw what the, the Redskins did to uh, Oakland secondary last week. Yeah, I have these guys ranked back-to-back, but mm-hmm. I have Trevor Simeon 11th and Kirk Cousins 12th. Also, you have Crabtree might not be playing, right? He's probably a game-time decision. Cooper hasn't looked good at all. Been dropping passes like crazy. I don't know. I mean... I'm I'm going to be the one against the grain here. I actually have Kirk Cousins ranked just higher. And a big part of that is I get the love that everyone has for Trevor Simeon. He looked really good. I, I mean, he looked pretty good, you know, the first two weeks before coming back down to earth last week. And it's funny, we say he came back down to earth last week mm-hmm. where he had the most passing yards in any game he had this whole season mm-hmm. to, uh, just last week. The only dif- difference is he had two touchdowns in week one, four in week two. He's a touchdown-reliant quarterback, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And the the Raiders, as bad as their secondary has been against quarterbacks this year, they've only allowed five passing touchdowns. So, to me, that's why I have him lower than I feel like where a lot of people have him as a QB1 this mm-hmm. week. I have him 13, so very high in QB2 for me. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't fear the Raiders' defense at all. I, mm-hmm. And... I think because of that, I think Simeon provides a pretty safe floor of you know, like 250 yards and two touchdowns. Darius just, Thomas should have a big day. Uh, Sanders as well. Anytime I mean, a quarterback, it, uh, any team is traveling to Kansas City, mm-hmm. that's just a tough matchup. Right. It's tough to play an arrowhead. You know, um, I realize I just mentioned Cooper and I mentioned Crabtree, but because I was thinking of the Washington-Oakland game, so I apologize that I have nothing to do with this, this question. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like Simeon. Your, yeah, it's not a bad question because uh, I have him ranked back-to-back, mm-hmm. but I just feel a little bit better about Trevor Simeon. Okay. Trevor Simeon has thrown, like I said, 250 yards. I know you said that's his floor. He's done it once this year. But and the Raiders home, defense is just a decent so quarterback bad, at home. Uh, uh, no, over he, his last four games, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, I don't know. I just like him a little bit better. But, no, I, yeah. I get it. I think most people mm-hmm. are going to. My whole thing is, if let's say you know 
they get down into the goal line and they go to C.J. Anderson. It's, I, you can't bank, in my opinion at least, mm-hmm. on Simeon for the yardage. You need him to throw at least two touchdowns tomorrow right. for him to be in the QB1 discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mario, good call, good question. Good luck to you on uh, Sunday. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, just real, real, really briefly, uh, if you guys could just like, briefly talk about and like give some analysis about Thompson. Like, what, is, what does this guy have to do to be taken seriously? Because I feel like people are just sleeping on him and just more or less just kind of dismissing him. You're, you're not wrong. And I'll give credit where it's due. Uh, Michael Salfino I, I, on Twitter, mm-hmm. he was saying for a while that Chris Thompson is going to be what people are paying up for CMC to be. So I'll give credit there. I mean, he's never going to be a guy who weathers the load in the running game, but right. he is clearly the passing down back That's there. the issue. I think that everyone associates him with, and, you know, maybe for decent reason, you know, having big fancy value in PPR as opposed to standard leagues because, you know, he's such a, a good pass catcher. Yeah, he is touchdown reliant a little bit as well. He has scored in every single game this year. One, uh, two rushing touchdowns, one in week one, one in week three, and then the two rushing touchdowns in week two. But to me, he is a higher. He's like what Theo Riddick is. Maybe right now I have him ranked higher than Theo Riddick one because uh, he's. I know Rob Kelly could return this week, and then there's a there's P Ryan. But to me. Chris Thompson is the lead dog in this backfield. He is really the, the Washington running back that I would want to own. Mm-hmm. Whereas Theoretic still does have Amir Abdullah there that, that is going to take a couple of touches away from him. That's why I have Thompson valued a little bit higher. But to me, those guys are in the same elk as one another. Yeah, and it's a good question because uh, he called in asking about a standard league. And you know, Mike brought up the fact that he, he's scored four touchdowns already this year. And that's what people are looking at. Mm-hmm. The problem is, based on the amount of touches that he's getting per, per game, his his touchdown his touchdowns just seem fluky. Like he's not going to, you can't project touchdowns. So say this week he's getting he's get, still getting ten to twelve touches, but he doesn't score a touchdown. Maybe he's in that you know uh, sixty seventy yards total discussion, but uh, it's just so hard to project touchdowns week in and week out. And I know he's done it every single week, but the the truth of the matter is that he's not going to score. A touchdown in every single game this right. year. So in the games that he doesn't score a touchdown, um, those are the ones where he's going to fall. He's not going to be an RB two. Right. He's going to end up finishing as in that in that twenty four to thirty six range. He'll end up being a flex. Um, and th- just based like guys like Lamar Miller, we know that week in and week out he's going to get fifteen plus touches. And getting that amount of touches is more predictive on him scoring a touchdown in the future. I just feel like. It's fluky to kind of expect Chris Thompson to score a touchdown every single week. Right. And in the games where he doesn't, that's where he's going to be devalued. Well, he had 68 carries last year in 16 games. Looks like he's on the same kind of pace this year as well. And you mentioned Miller getting 15-plus. Maybe, but we've also realized that maybe he shouldn't be getting that much more than 15. Maybe 15 is, is the nice number for Miller. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in that like 15 to 18 touch yeah. range yeah, he will. every single week unless Deontay Foreman severely starts outplaying mm-hmm. him. Then maybe it's a 50-50 split where yeah. they're getting like, you know, 14, like 12 to 14 touches each or something like that. But Bill O'Brien wants to run the football. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that is his offensive philosophy. We've seen it the past couple of years. They've been, I think, the past three years, Bill O'Brien has been there. They've been inside the top five at rushing attempts every single year. Mm-hmm. So at their core, the Texans want to run the football. Right. I wouldn't expect Thompson's carries to go up at all either because it's never really been spoken about. But in college, back when he was at FSU, mm-hmm. he did once. One season ended short because he tore his ACL, and mm-hmm. another time he fractured two discs in his back. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is a guy that did come out of college with injury concerns. Right. So. I don't expect them to uh, amp up his workload too much. I think they like him in the role that he is in right now, mm-hmm. and his touches are safe. Definitely has fancy, value, yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Don't ever expect him though, like to to be like a guy who's going to carry the ball ten 20, to fifteen times because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just he's not going to be. And, and the Redskins have already come out and said that he doesn't have the frame where they want to use him mm-hmm. in a bigger role. Like this is who he's going yeah, to I know be. Gruden kind of said, "Look, his role is his role. We're not going to expand it." But you know, you never know. I mean, look. Ten to twelve touches. A lot of things. Ten to twelve touches is a fair floor for him, and it's a safe projection. You mm-hmm. don't want to project much more than that. I think he's going to get you know around eight carries per game and maybe four or five receptions. So mm-hmm. he's going to be in that twelve, thirteen touches. He's never in his career. He's never had a game with more than twelve carries. Right. So I mean, that tells you the kind of player that he is. Pete, spin the wheel so we'll know uh, who we're going to be talking about when we come back from commercial. Spin the wheel. What is he, Vanna? Uh, you just keep telling him to get a shine box. <laughs> I don't appreciate the orders being barked over there. Jeez. Do your job, Pete. All right. We nice. do like you. Let's see who you who Is you it another stinker? Pete. Uh-oh. It's a game that we've kind of discussed already. Uh-oh. Raiders at Broncos. All right. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe another game. When we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Fantasy football teams suck. <laughs> Did you draft David Johnson with the first pick? <laughs> I can help you out. Go to iTunes, subscribe to Stand Up Fantasy. I will make your whole life better and put a little smile on your face, make you happy. Maybe you find a significant other just by changing some bowling shoes. Maybe you'll worry about things a lot less. Stand Up Fantasy at iTunes. Subscribe now. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Don't forget, next hour we've got Falcons beat writer D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We'll be talking Atlanta Falcons football. We'll be asking him about Julio Jones and his back injury. And uh, before the commercial, uh, we uh, announced that uh, our croupier had picked the Raiders-Denver Broncos game. We kind of went over a little bit of it, but uh, uh, I had mentioned that uh, Crabtree is kind of like a game-time decision, right? And um, I think it's a chest issue, and it's a very tough matchup for the Raiders this week against a top Broncos defense. And uh, Amari Cooper, like I, I mentioned before, a big case of the drops. I think he's ranked, if I'm not mistaken, just based on fantasy points, he's way down there, like like 51st or so in total fantasy points scored. So it's been a tough. This this was the year we were hoping that Cooper would you know continue to progress. 
And that has not happened. No. He leads the league in drops with six. Mm -hmm. I think the next closest person has like half of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do not like any of the wide receivers here, especially with Michael Crabtree dealing with that injury as well. Mm -hmm. I have them both low-end wide receiver threes. Some guys that you might have on your bench that I would consider using over them. Rashard Matthews, Alan Hearns, Deshaun Jackson, Mm -hmm. Adam Thielen, Sterling Shepard. Um, and then, you know, I like Sammy Watkins a lot this week, Thank too. Thank God so. for Case Keenum, because now Adam Thielen is part of the conversation again, right? <laughs> Did you ever think that you would say that? Thank God for Case Keenum. You know, I was Keenum. looking at, at Case Keenum's stats in, in, in college. I think he his average yards per pass attempt was just under 10. It was like 9.6. He had three seasons where he threw for 44 or more touchdowns. I mean, he didn't play at a big school. I think it was University of Houston. But the guy could play so uh stefan diggs and thielen are back in the mix but uh i digress if you want to go back to it goes to under the under the for radio. thielen it goes under the radar he is second in the league in receiving yards. he mm-hmm. has more receiving yards than his teammate stefan diggs does this season right. mm-hmm. that just goes under the radar the only player with more is antonio brown mm-hmm. i agree with frank i like all those guys more than amari cooper i actually have cooper what's ranked his, 35th this week and what's the story with marshawn lynch uh just six carries last week i mean Probably just because they were so far behind that they said, hey, let's not take a chance. Let's rest him. And I mean, they're really severely managing his carries. His snaps, percentage of team snaps Mm -hmm. played and uh, carries have decreased every single week so far this season. Mm -hmm. And I get it. You could say two weeks ago they were up big Mm -hmm. and last week they were down big. So they're using those as opportunities to manage his carries, Mm -hmm. save him for the end of the year. This is what we were afraid of, though. We said... Especially early on and probably throughout the regular season, any chance they get to limit his work, to have him fresh come to playoffs and come their their big games late in the season, they're probably going to do so. So for me, Marshawn Lynch is a low-end RB2 this week. Tough matchup against the Broncos who have in consecutive weeks shut down LaShawn McCoy mm-hmm. and Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Two running backs that I think are we all would agree unquestionably t- better play uh, running backs than Marshawn Lynch. So I am afraid I, I de- uh Lowered him down to my rankings. I, I borderline RB2 for me this week. Yeah, and you mentioned the offensive snaps going down, the carries going down. That's not the only thing that's gone down. The yards per carry by week, uh, 4.2 in week one, 3.8 in week two, and then just 3.0 in week three. That's for Marshawn Lynch. He's dancing less on the uh, sidelines as well. <laughs> and, he, uh, and he's going up against the, that Denver Broncos defense that mm-hmm. has allowed just 2.6 yards per carry mm-hmm. to opposing running backs this season. Yeah, they that kind is, of fixed that because last year you could yeah. kind of run on, on the Broncos, but this year they're really just clamping down. Yeah, and that's by far, like, that is the best in the NFL right now, mm-hmm. that 2.6 yards per carry. So uh, I have him even lower than Mike does this week. I have. Uh, where I have him down at 29. Some guys I would use over him. Bilal Powell. Uh, I would use Frank Gore. I would use Buck Allen. I would use Jonathan Stewart. The guy we were just talking about, mm-hmm. Chris Thompson. I'd use all those guys over Marshall Lynch. All this right. week. We'll be back with more Week 4 game previews. Also, we'll be talking Atlanta Falcons football all when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. 